Welcome. You're listening to WO Voices, a podcast series from Women in Optometry magazine. I'm Marjolyn Bailefeld, editor of Women in Optometry. We're delighted you could join us. Welcome. We're here today with Jessica Marshall, OD. Dr. Marshall has a practice in Homedale, New Jersey. It's a lens crafter's practice that is becoming increasingly medical. And today we're going to talk about how she's taking that message to the community in some novel ways. Welcome, Dr. Marshall. Thank you very much for the kind introduction. I, like you said, have had my practice for 10 years. Um, We're very involved in medical optometry. Over the past two years, I've gotten very involved with dealing with macular degeneration, um, including screening patients for the condition, um, and more importantly, educating patients on the condition. Most patients don't really know that there's a way that nutrition can actually help preserve vision into later ages. Um, A lot of patients don't realize that perhaps having some night vision issues that may just seem like a normal sign of aging could sometimes be the first sign of a disease like macular degeneration. A lot of patients are familiar with a heart-healthy diet, but understanding the role that the um, that that your li- lifestyle and diet can really have on the eyes is something that most of them just don't even um, have any knowledge of. So that's kind of what I've made it. My goal is to kind of let people know that, that there is uh, a lot going on with the health of the eyes that can be impacted by everyday um, changes in, in diet and lifestyle. So that's kind of what we've been doing. I created um, an initiative called Macula Mondays. And what I do with that, in the early days of it, um, I used to have food catered into the office, healthy foods, uh, dark green leafy vegetables, things like that, and have discussions with patients around catered food on on what they can do to kind of improve their diet. Then we had COVID hit. So I decided to do something different. Um, I felt like a lot of people maybe were locked in their homes for a year or so without a lot of social interaction. Starting in June, we uh, began our Macula Monday initiative, uh, taking it outside of the office. Um, So at this point, I started a cooking class. Um, I invited any of our patients. Um, I sent out a newsletter to them, um, and I opened up the event to patients or friends of patients. um, So that way, maybe we could gain some new patients and also just um, improve the level of education that was going out into the community. Um, So the, the cooking class was absolutely amazing. I had a 15-minute presentation. I went over dark vision. I went over what macular degeneration is. I went over what the macula was um, in simple layman's terms, nothing too heavy. Um, And then we began a cooking class that kind of focused on the Mediterranean diet, which has been shown to really help um, prevent um, eye disease and things like that. And it was absolutely wonderful. The feedback from patients was amazing. And the most important thing I saw there was right after the event, patients were communicating with their friends and their families, letting them know, hey, did you know this? Did you know that? I had two of my patients stop by the next day saying that they, that uh, their families kind of were astounded by this information. And they were like, we want to get more, more, more information on this um, to hand out to friends and relatives and things like that. So it was really just like a wonderful, uh, wonderful segue into the community outside of the exam room, which I thought was, was great. Go ahead. So did you, did you hold this somewhere or, or was it virtual? 
No, no, no. I held, um, I had the, uh, I rented out a professional kitchen um, in Fairhaven, which is about 15 minutes from our office, another small business. We rented out a professional kitchen and we had a professional chef come in and she actually gave these great cooking tips on how to cook salmon and keep it moist and not taste too fishy and how to make kale palatable. A lot of people, that kale seems to be, you know, very healthy, but not very tasty sometimes. Um, so yeah, she went over how to massage the kale and how to make it taste better. So that was a really cool thing for both myself and the patients, you know, to get out of this. How, how many people can you accommodate in, in that kind of a setting? We had 15 um, patients there, and we had a wait list of about 10 patients who wanted to come. And the way we marketed it, we just sent out an email to our patients. Um, you know, that was it. It didn't cost anything. It, you know, it, it was just an email blast that we sent out to our patients. And we're going to continue this throughout the summer. We're going to be holding outdoor events. I've kind of built this practice in a sense that I, I really do try to treat all of my patients like family. You know, it's a very close-knit um, office. My staff has been with me for eight years, so everybody that's been coming there is seeing the same people over and over. Um, we've got two of the neighborhood kids that went into optometry school from coming wow. to our office. Yeah, so, I, you know, I, I really think that uh, this day and age, you know, with so much competition and so many um, avenues and online exams and this and that, you know, the, the key thing for me to really continue professionally is to have a connection with people, you know, otherwise it's just too easy for them to get lost to, you know, online care or whatever else um, is competing with me out there. Um, so that's kind of a big, a big drive in my um, practice is to create community ties. And how did you personally get interested in, in nutrition? Was it, was it research? Was it you know, a, a determination to, to eat better your, yourself? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good question. So I've been like dieting for the past 15 years and it never quite works the way that I want it to. Um, so I, I can't say that it was a, a research that brought me into nutrition, but I think I've always been interested in it more just from a trying not to put on too many pounds standpoint, more so than in trying to really take care of my body. I few years ago, kind of just as you're watching your patient's age and like that mm -hmm. stark reality of, well, I'm not going to be young forever and I may not have my health forever, kind of like clicked in my head when I would see different versions of people coming in at 70. And you would see some patients at 70 that could pass for 50 and some patients at 70 that, that could not pass for, for a younger age. Um, and I said, you know, what is the difference here? What kind of common element am I seeing in my younger 70-year-old patients? And so I actually learned from them, um, wow, so all of these things that, that people do really do make a difference, you know, because I'm seeing it sitting in the chair. Um, so that, that's kind of what sparked my interest into maybe delving a little bit more into um, nutrition um, in that aspect. And then when I bought the uh, dark adapt machine, I really started to learn more about the macula. You know, I knew it superficially from, from school, but I never really spent a whole lot of time, you know, really investing in, in further educating myself on it until I got that piece of equipment. And that kind of like sparked everything together, you know, because I'm reading about, oh, this is how, you know, these degenerative diseases occur. And this is how you can, you know, prevent these diseases. And it kind of took off from there.
So you, you, you take these observations and you start backing it up with your research and, and your own learning and you're reaching kind of one patient at a time. And is that sort of where the, the Macula Mondays idea came from is, you know, how, how do I, how do I get a, a megaphone for, for this idea? Yeah, that's, that's exactly what happened. You know, one at a time is wonderful, but it's tedious and it doesn't reach an entire uh, mass population, you know, and mm-hmm. taking on educating people is probably more difficult than, than anything else, you know, that mm-hmm. that's, that's probably the, the toughest thing. So I kind of took it in bits and pieces. And I said, okay, you know, my patients seem to be interested in the macula because they've heard of a friend getting injections and they don't want mm-hmm. to go down that road. But it's it's a very small interest. You know, they don't really know what it does or what's going on. So I said, all right, we're getting patients in. I'm working with my patients, but it's still a small segment of the population. So what I did from there was I created Macula Monday and I opened up the office to screening patients, non-patients, anybody in the public. And mm. I, I took out advertisements in some of the local newspapers um, and it was just an open door Anybody who wanted to be screened for the condition was more than welcome to come in, and we did that on Mondays. And that was the the first step, was just opening up the office to to the public. And then the second step was, okay, I'm getting a lot of patients who either have no interest in eating healthy or just don't know enough about it. You know, I'd get these older male patients that were like, eat vegetables. I don't eat vegetables. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this is a big job. Um, so I said, I better make it taste good. And then that is kind of how I started doing the catering, um, was to get my, my, my patients who really weren't interested in these foods to realize actually they can taste good. You can, you, you can still eat things that are, are healthy, that taste delicious. And that was where I started bringing the food in and the catered events. And then it kind of took off from there where I said, you're right, my next step in this is I want to get the word out even more. So I said, uh, let me start doing some community events. Again, the goal is to have a small educational component, but then coupling it with fun as opposed to an exam, because I feel like an exam sometimes is a higher stress environment. The fun element kind of gets lost in that because, you know, you're thinking, oh my gosh, is something going to happen to me? Is something terrible here? So I wanted to get out of the office and make everything as stress-free as possible so people could take in the information, but also enjoy it. Um, And I feel like that is really going to get the word out there a little bit more when somebody has a fun event and I learned about my eyes and this and that, and then they can tell people and post it on their social media and then maybe engaging people in, in that type of way, as opposed to just keeping it strictly in the office where it's more clinical, um, right. which is wonderful, but a, a different vibe and a different type of message gets out there when it's, when it stays clinical. So I'm trying to uh, create that fun element behind it. And, and did your first um, meal prep, uh, you know, the, the cooking demonstration, did that result in, or do you anticipate that it will result in patients coming in? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, our first event was so amazing, luckily, otherwise I may not have continued with this. But yeah, our first event that we had advertised, we were overwhelmed. We had over 50 people that were non-patients 
respond to that. It was it was phenomenal, and that also helped continue the 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 drive in me to keep doing it because I did mm-hmm. get a, a very nice response from it. And so people come to this event, they 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 have fun, um, and and then what do they do? They the, you mentioned, I believe that they they talk to friends and and family. They schedule an exam. I mean, is there a is there a call to action at the end of this event? Yes, absolutely. So um, in the beginning, I wasn't really sure what to do, um, mm-hmm. and I didn't really have a call to action, you know. And I kind of said, "Oh, that's all right. We need to get uh, get this a little bit more streamlined." So now, at the end of my events, I um, created a little, you know, five bullet piece of paper um, that I email out to them as well. Um, that kind of says the five take homes from here. Okay. And my five take homes are basically, you know, the early signs of macular disease, how you can prevent macular disease, the um, percentage of the population that may have the disease so they can realize how prevalent that it is. And then um, I back it up with a couple of um, key facts on how much the nutritional component can help and what to do from here. Um, And what to do from here, if they're a current patient, you know, they're already in the mix, you know, getting evaluated. Mm -hmm. Um, But it also includes if you're passing this off to any friends, referral to a friend button so they can come in um, for their own screenings to get more information and to go from there. And then I also make sure to ask all the patients that come to any of these events while they're there, if they can help me out and post it on social media and tag the office and do that kind of thing, because there's a lot of free press, I guess, if you want to call it that, that you can gain from doing these things. And mm-hmm. it means a lot more to people when it's posted, I think, you know, not an advertisement, when it's posted by, oh, that's my cousin Sally who's doing that, or that's my cousin so-and-so who, who, who mentioned that. So you kind of make your patients or guests to be almost like uh, brand ambassadors for you. I do promote it on my uh, social media as well. I am uh, not the best in social media. um, So we do promote it. um, But I think I actually get more from the patients than Uh myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah, But we we definitely do promote it on on our um, on our website. um, Yeah, and our social media. So the screenings that these patients come in and do is is that the uh, dark adaptation screening? Yes. Yes. So we do a uh, symptom survey with the patients just to kind of get a gauge on digging a little deeper into their into their vision. And then we will do a screening dark adapt on them, which is a pass or fail. And we may also add an OCT to that of the macula, depending on on the patient uh, mm-hmm. responses and what's going on. But that's usually our screening. And then after a screening, if it's failed, we then schedule a full exam with them, and the full exam will do um, extended dark adapt. That's where we'll maybe do photos and really get into a, a full exam. But the screenings mm-hmm. are really just the the dark adaptation and possibly an OCT. Right, right. And what have you have you found patients with uh, clinical signs of of AMD? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We found many patients with clinical signs, including drusen, um, more frequently than I would have thought, to be honest with you. You know, um, I, I, we, we looked at the numbers and when we had a huge response where, uh, huge for us anyway, of where we got, you know, 50 new patients coming in, I would say a good 15 of them 
showed actual, you know, I would say dry AMD for sure. Um, that may have just been patients who responded to it because they thought something was wrong. So I, I don't know out of every 50, if you would mm -hmm. get that high of a number, but in that particular little sample that we had, it was a huge amount of patients, I thought, um, coming yeah. in who had no idea that anything was really going wrong. That drop in vision, you know, a lot of patients just think it's a sign of aging or it's mm -hmm. just part of the process, you know? So right. sometimes it's noted, but it's kind of like, well, everything's going wrong with me. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought this was a part of it too. You know, how many visits do you make to a doctor always looking for something? Right. Um, yeah. So there is that yeah. part where it's just, you know, and if it's, you know, not, if it's not dramatic, they, mm -hmm. they just may not think to do anything about it. Right. Right. So that's interesting. So what's the plan going forward? Macula Mondays continues? Yeah, Macula Mondays are going to continue. Um, we love the cooking class. And by we, I mean my staff and I, we, we really did love that. Um, we do want to maybe bring in a couple of new events, though, to keep it from getting dry and boring. So we found a local um, ice cream shop um, by our office, and they're willing to make a pomegranate sorbet, high mm -hmm. antioxidant mm -hmm. uh, flavor. So um, it looks like we're going to take them up on that. We haven't figured out the logistics yet but we think we're going to do maybe a walk in the park followed by if we can get the truck to sit in the park afterwards and offer out that and also have our little you know educational component in there uh, maybe a red wine tasting in the future tie in antioxidants maybe that's a stretch but i kind of enjoy um that sort of thing Probably but some yeah. chocolate <laughs> yeah dark chocolate in there but yeah, yeah, we're going to keep everything light and fun and, and take it from there. And, you know, mm -hmm. um, as ideas come to me, we'll try them out. Um, and again, like I said, we'll do our 15, 20 minute educational component followed by the fun component um, and keep that going. That's really great to make the education delicious too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, people like food and, and this year I think people want to socialize right. more so than other years. Yeah. You know, the, the in-office events were great um, two years ago, but I think this year we're all kind of craving some kind of human connection that's, mm -hmm. you know, fun and lighthearted. All right. And a walk in the park with an ice cream truck is even <laughs> allows people who who want a little social distance to get that and still come to something like yeah. that. So that's that's really fun too. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. That's great. That's uh incredible outreach and and really creative thinking um and and I wish you tremendous success with your Macula Mondays. Dr. Marshall, thank you so much for being part of WO Voices. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for listening. I hope you join us again next time on WL Voices. If you'd like to be part of our podcast series, please contact us. You can email us at wovoicesonline at gmail.com or via our website, womeninoptometry.com, on Facebook at WL Magazine, or through Twitter or Instagram at WomenODs. See you next time.